Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered. We are finally back. Co-host Connor Miles with my co-host. Ed Kras. Again, this show is sponsored by betonline.ag. It's the perfect time for you to go to betonline.ag, use promo code Believe, put your initial deposit in. They'll match you up to 50%. Football is around the corner. You can even do bets on preseason games. I'm even a, a preseason better myself. I go on there for daily fantasy stuff and, you know, just pick players out that I think are going to go off that day because preseason's fun. You know, look at Jason Huntley. Got a ton of carries for the Eagles, got a ton of usage. And he did very well with that and scored a ton of points for DFS players. So go ahead, use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, and it will match your initial deposit up to 50%. You don't have to know anybody in the preseason. Use some of the Eagles players, for God's sakes. You know they like to use their death and see what they got in the in the backfield and in the wide receiver room. So go ahead, use promo code BLEAV, head on over to betonline.ag. Again, Connor Miles here with Ed Crass. Ed, we are back. What I wanted to ask you real quick to start off the pod is, how you been doing, man? <laughs> okay, Connor, good to be back with you. Uh, been doing great, man. You know, 11 days in the books for Eagles training camp. The final uh, technical, uh, technically the final training camp day comes along Tuesday. Um, that'll be day 12. And then uh, then from there, it's, uh, you know, joint practices with the Browns, joint practices with the Dolphins the following week, and then the regular season. So, yeah, I've been running around, you know, trying to keep track of what's happening on and off the field with these guys. And it's been a great summer. I have to say, I've really been kind of enthused watching these training camps. You know, to me, sometimes it gets a little old as it goes along in previous seasons. But this year, it really, you know, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. I'm enjoying how they're practicing. And i just having a great time, you know, watching what's happening. This year's been the attack on the media, from my point of view, uh, of training camp reports. You know, we're... The Eagles have such a great roster. They had one of the best off-seasons in Howard Roseman's history as a general manager. I 100% believe that. A lot hinges on Jalen Hurts, as we all know. Now, I think you notice this. You're a social media guy. I'm a social media guy. You, you see when the negative comments from the media members towards Hurts at camp, how they get reflected upon once they're reported. Can you just give... Because we all know Ed. Ed is like the most like-minded reporter around. He knows why there's negatives. He knows why there's positives. Context is always key with Ed. Can you give a thorough analyst of what you thought about Jalen Hurts' third year training camp? Because I think a lot of people are, if if you say something negative, you're fully against him. If you say something positive, you're fully with him. There's no in-between. I'm a person that loves the in-between. So let's hear the in-between, Ed. 
Uh, well, to me, Jalen Hurts looks like, you know, kind of the same guy that he was in year two. I mean, I kind of discount year one, you know, with Doug Peterson, he came in, Carson Wentz was the leader of the team. Um, so it was a rough first year for him, but he looks similar in camp. But then we see him go out against the Jets and he just looked comfortable against what the defense was showing him. He looked like he knew where he wanted to go with the ball. It looked like he got the ball out a little bit quicker. Um, so what you see in camp isn't always what you're going to see in a game, especially with a player like Hertz, who's, you know, one of the top level competitors that I've ever seen as far as competing, his work ethic, wanting to get better. And then when the lights go on with a guy like him, I think he takes his game up even higher um, as a lot of the great players do. I'm not saying he's a great player, but, you know, you see a lot of the competitive players able to take that game up a level when the lights come on. And he certainly does that. So, you know, his camp has been it's you know, it's been kind of up and down it's a lot like last year. But again, I, I'm not sure, you know, you can really make any judgments based on that because they're practicing different things. What we've seen a lot of in camp was. You know, the Eagles working some underneath stuff, getting the ball out quick, some quick slants to like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, some turnaround, you know, button hook type patterns from Dallas Goddard. You know, they haven't taken too many deep shots in the team drills. Um, every now and then they'll take one. But it looks to me like they're really concentrating on muscle memory. You take what you see and you go there. If it's covered, you go to your next progression and then you decide whether or not you need to leave the pocket. But to me, Jalen Hurts uh, is I think he's going to have a better season than last year. What that looks like, I'm not sure. I'm hoping it means that he can have a higher completion percentage. He only completed, I think it was 61% of his throws in his first year as a starter. You'd really like to see that go up. And I think this effort and this concentration on these shorter, quicker patterns will help him get there. I think that's like the one curve that we all like to just look, overlook is that, you know, joining a new system or, excuse me, playing in a new system, there's always going to be growing pain there's always going to be time to get used to that what i saw against the jets um what from from listening to you and john doing these camp reports uh and everybody else that's also been doing a fantastic eagles training camp coverage out there it seems like from comparing jalen hurts to last year on the field as a field general to this year he's trusting his vision more like he has a better, he's more comfortable because he's seeing the field a lot better than he did last year. Cause I'll tell you right now, I know it was a preseason game. I know it's against the jets. I know you're not, you know, again, these games don't count, but to start off your first live action six and six as a passer, when you have a ton of yeah. questions about your accuracy, a ton of questions about your ability to see the field to start off six and six. Uh, that's, that's very positive to me. Um, and you know, I'm okay with taking what the, you have to base your offense around the limitations of your quarterback. Can Jalen Hurts make the deep pass? I think so. Can he do it consistently? Is that the type of offense you want to put implement around him? I don't think so. I don't think that's what he does best. I think you want to do what he does best. You know, we always go back to this, but I thought back during the 2020 draft when we had NBC Sports Thor Nystrom on here, the draft analyst, and he compared Jalen Hurts to Ricky Rubio, a point guard for the NBA. I thought that was... A comparison that you know is wild. You know, nobody thought that made sense. But as you know, Jalen Hurts starts to play for the Eagles more and more. You see it. He's more of a point guard distributor as a quarterback. And I think, you know, having a little bit more comfort level in this offense, trusting what your eyes are seeing on the field, being comfortable. Cause you know, a lot of the stuff last year I thought was 
he'd take the snap, look at his first read. It wasn't going the way he thought it would go. Bail the pocket. Now it looked like, again, preseason. Not saying that this is going to be any indication what we're going to expect during the season. But again, you're, it's, it's a preview. It's still a preview no matter what. He looked comfortable. He didn't look like a guy that would do that. He looked like a guy that's like, okay, if my first progression's not going the way it should go, let me survey the field. Let me not take off real quick and try to make a play happen. There's still time. I got a great offensive line in front of me. So that, I thought, was the major improvement. And again, you're talking about 24-year-old quarterback. His improvements are going to come gradually. Gradually. Especially with a quarterback like his skill set. You know, we talk, we, we could say this until we get rid of the face. Alabama, he's asked to be a, a really an option quarterback. Oklahoma fully unlocks himself as a pocket passer under Lincoln Riley's system. Comes to the Eagles behind Carson Wentz. You know, it hasn't been a normal, typical quarterback journey for Jalen Hurts, and we have to allow him that patience to continue that journey. And it's going to take some time still. I don't think you're going to get the finished product of Jalen Hurts until year six, to be honest with you, Ed. I still think he's still putting it all together, and I know that's not what Philadelphia wants to hear. That's not what the organization is going to wait for either. I'll tell you that right now. No. But I think you're going to get a good enough Jalen Hurts this year to think it's going to make him pause. It's going to make him pause those two first-round picks because they're going to think, you know, this kid just continues to get better. The team rallies around him. They win. Because if they if they win this year again, and look, he, went to, he took that team to the playoffs last year when nobody expected them to. If they win this year again, that's two years in a row you're taking them to the playoffs. It's a hard time to knock that guy. Really hard to replace a guy like that that takes your team to the playoffs back-to-back years, uh, especially with the second-year head coach. I mean, so I, you know, I'm fine with the gradual process. I think there's some notable progressions in his development. But again, I, I, I'm I'm with you on this one. I think you know what you see is what you get with Jalen Hurts. You're not he's not going to come out and just you know be a totally different quarterback. You know, he's not going to just develop into this quarterback that everybody, elite quarterback that everybody thinks he is. He's going to have his limitations just like every other NFL player does. And I think he's going to be a, you know, very steady to great quarter to great quarterback for this team. Uh, but we'll see, you know, it's still a process still gradually going and, you know, I, I'm with you. I think, I think that comment that you made that that's not, you know, it's not what everybody wants to hear, but it's kind of the truth is that you're seeing the same guy and Jalen hurts is what he is. Jalen hurts, you know, he's going to improve as a pastor gradually but to what extent and is it a bad thing either because you know the eagles won with him the way he was last year if he's only improving a little bit they're only going to get continue to get better then yeah and unfortunately you know in the nfl it's hard to show patience for very long with a player i mean with hurts now it's going to be at the end of the season the eagles are going to either commit to him and give him a you know whatever it is a three-year contract extension worth 110 20 million whatever it is 30 40 million dollars a year because he answered the questions they wanted to see him answer, or they're going to draft somebody. They're not going to let these two first round picks kind of go to waste. If they feel like they need to bring in another guy, they'll bring in another guy. And then I think Jalen stays here at that point and he competes in his final year of his contract. So I think it's really one of those two things is going to happen at the season's end. And it's in Jalen's court right now to decide which one of those is going to happen. And that's a good position for him to be in. He certainly seems to, uh, he's always been a confident guy, but, you know, he's starting to talk more about himself, which is interesting. You know, this quote after the game, when he was asked about his ability to make uh, throws on the run, and if that makes him a dangerous quarterback, he says, there aren't too many guys in the league that can do the things that I can do in terms of extending plays. 
throwing on the run, getting freaky, getting down the field, using my legs and running with the ball. I think that definitely adds an extra dynamic to my game. So, I mean, you know, when you, he didn't talk like that last year and you hear him making these comments about himself, like, you know, he, he, he had that inner confidence, but now he's starting to exude it, you know, publicly. And, you know, that's interesting to hear. I mean, I just think he's a guy that uh, gets it. He's a guy that I think will, I think if you ask me, which of those two options I laid out earlier, I think he's going to play well. And I think he's going to get that contract extension. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, and I've seen him in every training camp practice. Uh, but again, I think a lot of it depends on that completion percentage. It has to be better. Uh, he's got AJ Brown now that, you know, he can turn a short pass or a quick slant into, you know, a 20 yard gain with his ability to make yards after the catch. So that completion percentage has to go up. That's the one thing I'm keeping an eye on with Hertz this season. And I think it will go up. I mean, there's gonna be too much space in this offense for him not to, uh, put the ball in too. So I, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to go up, but I agree with you with the first part too. I think he's going to get, which is, you know, not really speculated enough and it should be because there's no way, absolutely no way. Howie Roseman lets his quarterback play at the last year out of his deal. No way. Absolutely not. Especially when he's young, you mm-hmm. send him all you send him all you can before the market inflates even more. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray and uh, Deshaun Watson just blew it up. Lamar's going to make it explode even more. Don't, don't, don't waste time. Don't kick the bucket. If if he proves it to you this year, just go ahead and extend him because you can get out of those deals. You've done it before already with Carson Wentz. So, yeah. and uh, and the Eagles are in a position they they have. I think it's eighteen players on one year contracts. So yeah. you know they have the flexibility within the payroll. The salary cap is going to go up to you know two hundred and thirty million plus. Um, so you know they have it set up where if he does answer the bell and does the right things, then they have room to get him into that. Uh, you know, fit him under the salary cap, even though AJ Brown's making, you know, whatever, a hundred million dollars over four years, you know, he's got a high salary. Darius Slay is going to have a big deal next year, but they have enough flexibility to make a long-term deal with Jalen work. I'm with you though. I think he's going to prove himself. I think this team's good, too good enough for him not to lead it to an at least 11 wins. And I, I believe the completion percentage is going to improve because there's a lot of drop passes last year that would have improved his completion percentage. I don't think it dropped this year with A.J. Brown inserted into the starting lineup. Ed, moving on, are there any guys that aren't being talked about enough? I'm ta- I don't even care if it's undrafted free agents, if it's draft picks, anybody that you can think off the top of your head that are, to you, made a strong enough impression that are going to make this roster that we should start focusing on a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I mean, an undrafted guy, you know, everybody's talked about Britton Covey, the returner slot receiver, um, had a slight injury on Friday night with the ligaments in his thumb. Uh, they're calling it a thumb sprain. I talked to Britton in the tunnel after the game and he told me that it was strained ligaments. So I put out there that he sprained ligaments and, you know, Sirianni was asked on Monday or Sunday about it. And he said, you know, I told him not to be a doctor, keep his doctor opinions to himself. Um, but Covey said that they were sprained ligaments and that he thought, you know, he was going to probably be laid up for a while. Um, but anyway, it, he's, he was out there yesterday. Some, his thumb was wrapped up, but obviously Covey's one. Another one is uh, a cornerback, Josh Job, who's an undrafted free agent from Alabama. Um, he played a lot of snaps on Friday. Again, it's that position is going to be difficult to kind of uh, figure out who your top five or six corners are. I think Tay Gowan. Had a pretty strong game uh, against the Jets. So, 
you know, maybe those two guys aren't being talked about enough as perhaps being the fifth corner. Um, I like how they're kind of cross training Andre Chicheri or Shashere from safety. They're, they have them taking some uh, reps in the slot. They've also are cross training Josiah Scott. Uh, you know, he's typically a slot corner. They have him playing a lot of safety. So that shows me they like those two guys and they're trying to find ways to give them that flexibility to keep them somehow on this roster. Um, so there's a few guys that haven't been talked enough. I think Marlon Tuipilotu, uh, and I keep butchering that name, Marlon T, Mr. T, the sixth round pick last yeah. year from USC. I think he is probably going to be like a backup type defensive tackle to Jordan Davis in the middle. They're, they're using him a lot. Um, he looks a lot looks different. Good. He looks good. really good. He looks so stronger. Um, and, and, you know, in hindsight, I don't think he was a hundred percent healthy uh, most of last year. I know he had the ankle injury at USC may have led to a little bit of a drop in his draft uh, projection. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that I think, probably isn't being talked enough as someone that can come in and, you know, give this team some, some quality snaps when called upon. I'm not saying he's going to be some standout, you know, three sack, four sack this season type guy, but serviceable player on that defensive line, which is very good and very crowded. So if he can somehow find a way onto the roster, you know, he can play, um, you know, maybe some other guys like Jason Huntley saw a lot of action. Um, you know, he's not a short, yardage type back and they used him in that role you know he uh you know did well in some of those snaps like fourth and one at the one yard line he, he scores a touchdown but third and one he can't pick up an inch fourth and one he can't get anywhere but he's running behind a second team line at that point number one number two is i don't think you want your kickoff returner which he would be if they keep him on this roster to be the short yardage guy like they were just using him in that role because miles sanders had had a seat for the night against the Jets. Boston Scott didn't play. Kenny Gainwell didn't play. But, you know, he was the guy that was thrust into that to that role. And then speaking of running backs, I thought Kennedy Brooks did some good things. The undrafted free agent running back. He's not going to be on the roster, but he, I can see him on the practice squad for sure. Uh, but, you know, and with Huntley, it comes down to whether or not the Eagles are going to keep three or four running backs. And they very well might if they, you know, I had him originally keeping six wide receivers, and three running backs and four tight ends. Now, you know, that could go five, five uh, receivers, three tight ends and four running backs. But I, I just don't see, I, I know Huntley would return kicks, but how many kicks do you get in a game really <laughs> kickoffs, you know, two, maybe um, if that, so, you know, Huntley looked good. Uh, you know, I think Noah Tugaya, a, a tight end uh, who came over, was originally with the Eagles as an undrafted free agent a couple years ago out of Oregon State. They cut him, went to Indianapolis, got into three games. He's back in Philly now. I think he's done a nice job kind of being that tight end behind Goddard and Stoll, Jack Stoll, who I think looked pretty yeah. good. Um, but Noah Tugaya's kind of played himself into that position. Tyree Jackson, the big name from last summer, uh, he's still on PUP as he rehabs his ACL. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but you know, if you're looking for a third tight end, it could be, you know, someone like Noah, it's a guy because Grant Calcaterra, the rookie sixth round pick, he hurt his hamstring in the first days of camp. He was having a good camp, but now he's been, he hasn't gotten back on the field in you know, over a week. So I don't know what his status is going to be with this hamstring injury. So, you know, uh, it's a guy has played himself into a, perhaps a role. Maybe if they keep four tight ends, he's the fourth along with Calcaterra, Goddard and Stoll. 
Reed Blankenship, too. The safety, I thought, you know. Blankenship? Yeah, Blankenship's – I mean, he's had a good camp, too. Yeah, and he led the team in tackles against the Jets. He had seven yeah. tackles. He played – I think he played the most snaps of anybody. And, again, safety's that position that is, you know, very unsettled. You have Marcus Epps, obviously. You have maybe Anthony Harris, Jaquaski Tart. The He signed in mid-June. He missed three days of camp with personal reasons. He wasn't at Friday night's game. He was back on the field Sunday. But he's running third team. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they like Reed Blankenship, a young kid on a cheap deal. Maybe he's got a shot to make the roster. Yeah, Hart's missing valuable time. I mean, I hope those personal reasons are all sorted out, and he's he's okay as a person, as a human being, at the end of the day, too. But yeah, absolutely, uh, I mean, he, you know, he signed late, missing valuable time. You know, mm-hmm. I know I'm a big fan of his game. Was calling for the Eagles to sign him all offseason, but again, with this late addition and. With other guys picking up the system faster and quicker with him not being there, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be just set in stone just because they signed him. Yeah, I think Blankenship can play in this league, um, whether or not it's here in Philadelphia or you know somewhere else if he does get cut and they try to get him to the practice squad. I, I think Blankenship can play in this league, and I'm not sure it's going to be here um, just because of the numbers game, but you never know. I, I do like his game, though, Connor. I, you know, I think he showed pretty well against the Jets, and he's had a pretty good camp. I also like this, uh, not to get off topic, but it's because you brought it up, this cross-training safety corner. Uh, Dennis Allen does it to a T in New Orleans, and I think it's one of the most effective things you can do with your defensive backs because it frees up so much for your cornerback room, and it also frees up how many safeties you can have on the field at once that you know do multiple things better than a corner does, really, to be honest with you. Uh, Trouncy Gardner-Johnson, perfect example. You know, most people even are going to start referring to him as a nickel corner now more than a safety, but he's a hybrid. It is both. And I think, you know, having a safety that's able to do both is, you know, phenomenal for your, your defense because, like I'm saying, you know, corners aren't always the best tacklers. You know, corners are set to do a specific skill set, to do a specific task. Uh, not to get pass breakups or, you know, force turnovers. You know, safeties can do so much and they're asked to do so many different things. And if you're lining them up in the nickel, you're doing, you know, they're helping in the run support then as well. Like it, it's, I love cross training that. I like doing it. It's where the defense is going. I mean, it's where the league is going. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out what, what system is the Eagle system? Is it a three, four base? Is it a four, three? What, what are they doing? They're not, they don't, they're doing something different every week. And that's what I like the most. That's where the NFL is heading. You know, you want to keep offensive coordinators guessing that are already, you know, deploying their fourth wide receiver against you. That's only doing streak routes. You know, they, it's an ever-changing league. It's a matchup advantage every single time. Uh, yeah. I love it. I, th- I love what Jonathan Gann's doing. I think he's doing you great even, stuff. You even see, like, uh, Fletcher Cox lining up kind of on the outside in in a, in a four-man front. We've seen some of that, you know, where he's actually lined up as a D-end, you know, outside of Jordan Davis. And then on the other side is, you know, a, a Javon Hargrave, who's out a little bit now with a toe sprain. Um, but Milton Williams has been in there. And then on the outside of him, Brandon Graham. So you have Cox and Graham on the outside as defensive ends, which is, you know, they're just cross training. They're just messing. We've, we've seen five man fronts in practice with Jordan Davis in the middle, Fletcher Cox to his left, Milton Williams to his right. And then Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick is kind of your overhang stand up guys on the edge. Um, and that, you know, that's a heck of a defense Love it. right there. I, I love mean, it. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to see, a mul- I, I'm not sure there's going to be any one locked in scheme for Gannon, but I think we're going to see multiple defensive uh schemes and fronts and coverages and i think we're going to see more blitzes 
you know, I talked to Hassan Reddick about, you know, his role. And he, he, he said, you know, he has the ability, the coaches come to him, Gannon, Jeremiah Washburn and say, Hey, what, you know, what do you like to do? What do you want to run? And I asked him, I said, do you ever say, Hey, I want to drop on this play. Or do you just say, I just want to rush, rush, rush. And he kind of laughed and he's like, you know, listen, I, I understand why they want me to drop. He goes, because there's going to be some things that come off of that that are going to help this defense. He goes, it's not just you have to drop because, you know, whatever. He said, there's a reason behind them wanting me to drop in certain schemes. So, uh, you know, that to me says, hey, you know, they could bring a a safety on a blitz. They could bring a slot corner on a blitz. Uh, They could overload one side. And when he drops back, maybe the quarterback isn't expecting it and he's, throws it right to Hassan Reddick. You know, we saw Kaiser White pick off a pass yeah. uh, that way against the Jets. So, um, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of different schemes and and fronts and packages with Jonathan Gannon's defense this summer or this fall. And, you know, going from Jim Schwartz's bend but don't break, not changing anything, like my system, old school defensive coordinator, to this new revolutionary style uh, modern day defensive play caller. I know it wasn't great last year. The expectations were a little high and not not met at all. But I think you and I say it best. You know, the personnel was added this offseason. They spent the most yeah. on the defense of any NFL team in the league. Yeah, this offseason on defense. So the personnel's there now. It's up to Jonathan Gann to answer. But again, he's really the modern day defensive coordinator with all the, you know, the new nuances he's doing. Yeah. Again, you're going from Jim Schwartz. I'm doing it my way or the highway to yeah. this. I'm doing something new every week and you're not going to know what I'm doing. Like yeah. that's, that's, I like it. I like it. I'm excited yeah. for it. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. We didn't see any of it against the jets, obviously preseasing him. You're not going to show yeah, you got to go vanilla. You got to go yeah, vanilla yeah, exactly. as possible. So, you know, it, it was, uh, it's going to be fun when the lid comes off. And I think we might see some of that lid come off against the Browns in these joint practices, maybe the Dolphins the following week. You know, maybe he shows a little bit more because, you know, it's not out there for public view, really. So uh, it's just going to be fun to watch. Let's get into what we think about. Um, what do you what do you think is the most five important Eagles to the success? Let's end the show this way. Okay. What is to you, if you had to rank them, the five most important Eagles? I think number one is Jalen Hurts. We all know that. That's an obvious answer. So let's just get that out of the way right now. Yes. Let's do. Let's do two to five. Start with five and then go to two because we all like again. We all know Jalen Hurts is gonna be number one for both. But who do you think are the four most important players outside of Jalen Hurts for the Eagles' success in twenty twenty two? Well, I think you could put A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on that list. I think that, you know, even though they have depth and I like what Zach Pascal has done since he's returned from food poisoning, I just think those two players are so integral uh, to the to what the this offense wants to do. So, you know, maybe you could go with, you know, Brown slash Smith as number five, and then I'd put Goddard maybe at number four just because, you know, who is going to be that backup sure. tight end? I mean, Jack Stoll is not – he's a good player – He's a good blocker, but he's certainly not the type of receiver uh, that Dallas Goddard is in that offense. So, yeah, probably him. Um, maybe maybe number three, I would I would probably lean toward one of the cornerbacks, you know, Slay, Bradbury. If, if you lose one of those guys, then you're looking at Zach McPherson, who I think's done OK. You know, um, you know, he's been kind of up and down. I think he's had a pretty good camp. Um, but, you know, then you're looking at him or a Tay Gowan or a Josh Job or or whoever. 
is going to have to fill in for uh, Bradbury and Slay. So they're very important. And then probably outside of Hertz, the most important guy to me is Lane Johnson, just because, uh, you know, he's 32 now. But Jack Driscoll, to me, has been, you know, Brandon Graham has really kind of had his way with Jack Driscoll. And Graham, by the way, looks fantastic, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, seriously, few. Yeah, but Driscoll struggled with him. And, and listen, I mean, you know, Graham's a, an elite player, and Driscoll's learning how to replay right tackle, which is something he did in college. But, you know, he was a guard. Everybody thought he would come in and battle Isaac Siamalu for that uh, right guard spot. Uh, but that hasn't been the case. Siamalu was inserted there because Siamalu is one of the smartest linemen this team has, and he's a good player. So He's a very good player. Yeah, good so player. Driscoll Driscoll to me as a backup to Johnson is concerning. And we all know what Lane's uh, the Eagles' record is without Lane in the lineup. You know, it's well below 500. So, you know, Lane okay. Johnson and staying healthy and playing well at his age um, is, is to me the most important thing, uh, for him to stay healthy and to stay out there for 17 games. I hope he can do it. I thought this might be his last year, Lane Johnson, you know, but he's talking about like he's hitting his prime now. It sounds like he wants to play another few years. So it all starts with this year. He's got to stay healthy because if they lose him, just not a lot of depth there. Don't put an expiration deal all offensive tackles. For some yeah. reason, these guys like to play into their almost 40s now. I mean, Jason yeah. Peters, Dwayne Brown, uh, yeah. Lane Johnson's already making these comments. Like, I'm not putting an expiration deal on offensive tackles. But uh, I'm going to give you mine real quick. Number five is going to be Lane Johnson because for the reasons you said. Uh, but the reason why I put him so low is number five is because the Eagles are getting used to playing without him. That's the thing. I'm kind of expecting it now more so than hoping that it doesn't happen. So Lane Johnson is number five for me. I think Jagger School can be serviceable at right tackle, but again, serviceable is the term. Not great, not good, but serviceable. Um, and, you know, going into that right guard competition, I know a lot of people think Jagger School deserves it over Isaac Sayamala because of Isaac Sayamala's injury history, but I, I'm letting you guys know right now. The last two years, Isaac Sayamala has been borderline elite when he's in there. When he's in there, he's been borderline elite. That's how good he's been playing. You guys really need to look into his numbers. I'm telling you guys for right now, there's a reason why that they're not even making that a competition at all and just kind of giving to that already. And it was more media speculation than it was actual team speculation. Number four, I'm going A.J. Brown, just because I think, and I'm going Pacific players here. I like Ed's theories with that because they are true, but I'm just going to go to specific players here because I think if they lose A.J. Brown, they're the same wide receiver room than they were pretty much. Uh, Zach Pascal's a great addition. He's serviceable, again, uh, trustworthy, great red zone uh threat but he does not thread the needle anymore for this wide receiver room than it was last year if he's take if aj brown is taken out of this lineup so if aj brown's gone uh very 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 tough uphill battle to go over climb and again aj brown himself also has a little bit of an injury history too so that's something that the eagles are also going to be uh courteous of number three is going to be jason kelsey i think jason kelsey you know again i would normally put him number two on my list but the reason why I'm putting him number three this time is because he does actually have a very solid backup, it looks like. You know, you take Cam Jurgens in the second round, second round rookies start, you know, that in this league. They come out and be day one starters majority of the time. So when you're taking that guy that high in the second round, you have a premium insurance policy behind your starter. So that's the reason why I'm dropping Jason Kelsey a little bit. But I can't drop him that much because if you remove him from the lineup, even if you put Cam Jurgens in, the chemistry is all thrown off. It's going to take a while for it to set in. That offensive line is going to struggle, and people are going to think Cam Jurgens is not the guy because of those struggles. But I do think that they have a player in him as well. I think he is the next Kelsey. He looks every part of him. 
in that Jets preseason game. Again, preseason, but again, it looked a lot like Jason Kelsey. I could see why Kelsey was, you know, telling the Eagles, this is the guy that might be the next me. Number two, Slay. You can't lose Slay. That whole secondary will fall apart without Slay. I know James Bradbury is a great addition. Do not get me wrong. Vontae Maddox played like a top three nickel last year. But a lot of this has to do with Slay. James Bradbury is coming off of a horrible season in New York. He's trying to remake his market. You know, asking him to be the cornerback one again after that down season is not the most ideal situation I think the Eagles are going to be put in without Darius Slay. Darius Slay is playing like a top five corner still. You know, the Eagles haven't had cornerback play like Darius Slay since 22 behind me. Uh, If they lose him, I think he's their second most valuable player this year. I really do. I think he is the most valuable player on defense, but I also think he's the second most valuable player to this whole entire team behind Jalen Hurts. So they lose Darius Slade for a long period of time. This defense is going to hurt. Hurt. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're all good picks. I, I dropped Kelsey out completely because I think Jurgens is just the real deal. I think at this time that Kelsey's missing with his elbow. He's talking about completely. Yeah, I just think Jurgens is really good. I mean, I think he's just like Kelsey. I mean, I know Kelsey's been doing this a long time, and Kel- Jurgens has to prove himself. But I, I think the time that Kelsey missed from the COVID to start camp, when Jurgens is getting all those first team reps, now that he's had that elbow clean out, it's Jurgens. And you know, if you watch that game tape from the Jets, I mean, that he, he's doing things just like Kelsey. Jurgens is strong and he's smart. And he's tough, just like Kelsey. He knows defenses. And him and Hertz have been working together to get on the same page. So I'm not as nervous if Kelsey misses time because I think Jurgens will fit in just, just fine. And he's building that chemistry now with that O-line because Kelsey hasn't been around. And I don't think the Eagles are worried about that. I mean, yeah, they'd love to have Kelsey out there, but they know what they have in Jurgens. And for the first time in five years since Kelsey has flirted with retirement after each season, I'm not nervous about who's going to play center if he were to miss time or retire. So that's kind of why I dropped him, but I could certainly understand he's one of the best, you know, he's a four time first team all pro guy. So, I mean, he's, he's definitely a phenomenal player and you want him out there, but I'm not as nervous about him um, missing time. And then yes, yeah, Slay for sure is an important piece in this defensive secondary uh, you know, he's really uh, kind of the glue back there. Um, but, you know, Bradbury, yeah, he, he had a down year last year. He still had four interceptions, and he's playing on a team that was going nowhere with a head coach that was going nowhere. So, you know, there's a lot of things that might have gone into, you know, his down year, at least, you know, by PFF standards. But four interceptions, that would have led the team last year if he was here in Philadelphia with four picks. So, you know, I think he's just as important as Slay. But, um, yeah, there, there are a lot of players that you really need to keep on the field if you want to go where you want to go if you're if you're Philadelphia this season. Pick nobody from the D-line. It's a deep spot, awesome. man. Like, yeah, it's a deep position. Um, you know. My, I think my consideration was Brandon Graham just because of how – poorly this pass rush fell off like extremely poorly it fell off without him Mm -hmm. i'm talking like it was one of the worst in the league it was almost dead last it was second to last Mm -hmm. in terms of sacks so i mean because last year if you guys go back to our list last year brandon graham made both of our list and look what happened when he was injured they fell apart they couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback josh what did i mean you know he came on at the end of the season for sure but again it when it comes to pass rush it can't be a one-man individual show but there has to be one man that gets the focus of the defense every single snap, and that was Brandon Graham. 
I mean, excuse me, the, the offensive line every single snap, and that was Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was close to my consideration list, I'll tell you right now, but I think if he gets injured, they have Hassan Reddick now. You know, he's going to yeah. be their top edge guy. Yeah, so, and, I, and, I, and I think, you know, if you look at him as just kind of a defensive end, you know, I, I think year two of Milton Williams, you might see him a little bit more outside, but I also think year two of Ter- Teron Jackson. I mean, Teron Jackson, to me, has really yeah. made a big leap. Uh, he should have made one. he should have made the list earlier uh, when talking about these guys. Yeah, that not talking right. about very he's under looking good. About. He, he is looking good. So again, yeah, Graham's very valuable. But I think you know now these guys aren't rookies anymore. So you lose Graham last year, and you know Jackson and Williams are still learning how to play at the NFL level. Now testament you, to the D line depth. Testament. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's there's just good depth there. Um, you know, too many guys. Yeah, I mean Patrick Johnson, another under talked about player. Um, he yeah. he has looked good in that kind of overhang edge rush type, uh, you know, outside linebacker role. So they have guys that if Graham were to were to go down or whatever, and you hope he doesn't because you know he's thirty four. You hate to see you want to see him go out on his terms, but you know I think they have some depth there that they could probably overcome his loss somewhat better than they did last year. I agree. All right, guys. Joint practices with the Cleveland Browns are coming up. We will see you later this week. Ed is going to be in Cleveland. We're going to be talking to him about what he's seeing at the joint practices. So either Thursday or Friday, we'll be back with a new episode then. Thank you guys for staying with us, and thank you again for all the support. We are back, baby. Football's back. Eagles football is back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.